I'm Carmina Constantino. Dateline Philippines begins right now. Thanks for joining us. The continued leadership of House Speaker Alan Peter Cayetano, almost a done deal. That's after House lawmakers crossed party lines to back Cayetano and abandon his term-sharing deal with Congressman Lord Alan Velasco. Members of the majority and minority blocs who call themselves the supermajority coalition have issued a manifesto insisting the members of the House of Representatives alone can choose their leader. They also promised to quickly pass the proposed national budget for next year to help the country recover from the effects of the pandemic. ABS-CBN obtained a list of 202 House lawmakers who supposedly signed the manifesto, but it has yet to see a copy of that signed document. The term-sharing deal between Cayetano and Velasco was brokered by President Duterte and would have taken effect next month group of election lawyers to question before the Supreme Court the impending proclamation of Dusil Cardema to occupy the lone congressional seat won by the Duterte Youth Party list. Dusil Cardema is supposed to replace her husband, Ronald Cardema, who was disqualified as a youth representative due to his age. Lawyer Emil Marañon, the legal counsel of groups against Duterte Youth, calls the move unconstitutional. They cite the party list group's previous elections violations, including incomplete registration. It's an absolute nullity. It's void ab initio. And as we have said, this is the most unconstitutional act committed by Comelec in its 80-year history. And we stand by this rule. I mean, we, we have never seen um, we have we have never seen a non-candidate being proclaimed ever before. The 30 youth have been exempted from many rules and regulations. In other words, bakit na babali po yung batas pag the 30 youth ang involved. So, ang, and, and the finale of these illegalities is actually the proclamation of the Shell Cardema. Mababa na nga po yung, yung respeto or tingin ng taumbayan sa party list system. Ngayon po, mas bababuyin pa natin yung party list system. So yung sa akin po, simple-simple lang, um, the Philippine Commission on Elections has no plan to postpone the 2022 national elections despite COVID-19 fears. The COMELEC says it is the call of the House of Representatives and the Senate whether they want to amend a provision under the Constitution to postpone the polls. Congressman Mikey Arroyo had brought up that possibility, citing the threat posed by COVID-19. Mahirap i-rule out, no? Kasi sabi ko nga, kung titingnan mo yung constitution na kalagay doon, may provision siya na unless otherwise provided for by law. So, pwedeng extension, basta magkakaproblema pa din siya, sabi ko nga, doon sa isang provision na mag end lahat ng term ng incumbents on June 30. But as to pwedeng extend pwede, because under the constitution, nilagay niyo mismo, unless otherwise provided for by law. Philippine Vice President Lenny Robredo slams the office of the Ombudsman's decision to limit the public's access to the statements of assets, liabilities and net worth of government officials. In her show on radio station DZXL this past Sunday, Robredo asserted the move only gives corrupt officials the license to hide their ill-gotten wealth. Maling-mali. Maling-mali yung signals na binibigay. Pag inalis mo yung salen, Ano bang mensahe yung binibigay mo na ang korupsyon hindi priority ng pamahalaan? 
Ombudsman Samuel Martirez announced that access to the cell lands of public officials will only be allowed for official investigations or upon the authority from the officials themselves. Martirez also stopped the conduct of lifestyle checks on state officials. The Philippines can file an extended continental shelf claim in the West Philippine Sea to enforce the Hague ruling in 2016. That's according to former Supreme Court Justice Antonio Carpio, who suggests that the Philippines enter into a convention with Malaysia and Vietnam, which have already filed their own extended continental shelf claims. It can be done, but it needs a lot of work. Yeah. But we can do it. We have already the support of all the big powers other than China. The other countries are just waiting for us to move. Carpe also asserts China's $24 billion investment pledge to the Philippines is a significantly small amount compared to the value of the resources in the West Philippine Sea. And that area that they're claiming is larger than the total land area of the Philippines, which under the arbitral ruling has been awarded to the Philippines. So how can you say that they are our friend when they are grabbing our backyard? They're mm. grabbing our fish, our gas, and all our natural resources. It cannot be a small thing. This is the biggest threat to national security. A group of local researchers say the number of COVID-19 cases in Metro Manila, the epicenter of the outbreak in the Philippines, has decreased by more than 50% compared to five weeks ago. The UPOCTA research team says the national capital region now averages 1,200 new cases per day. But the group warns the total number of COVID-19 cases in the country may still reach 380 to 410,000 by end of October. The research team recommends the extension of the general community quarantine in Metro Manila. The chairman of the Metro Manila Council and a former advisor of the government's pandemic task force agree. Mukhang uh, mag-i-retain tayo sa PCQ for another 30 days para hindi tayo mag-iwag at masustain natin yung ating strategies at procedure. So baka i-continue yung ating PCQ until the end of October. Kausapin namin yung mga professional health worker natin, ang uh, nire-recombine natin nila na mag-i-CQ muna rin tayo. Ang problema mo dito, padami kasi ang sasakyan at saka tao na magkakaroon ng mga masyal during the holiday season. So so mas maganda mas uh, i-control mo pa para pagka nagsaya ang tao during the holiday season mm. meron kang sandbag na tinatawag at mm. medyo na ibaba mo. Quarantine protocols in the country are set to expire at the end of this month. After more than six months, provincial buses can once again operate in Metro Manila. Their operations will resume this Wednesday for as long as certain conditions are met. Provincial buses are only allowed to operate from terminal to terminal without any increase in fears. Only 12 routes will be reopened. These will include trips and make that trips to and from Pampanga, Batangas, Cavite and Laguna. The one-meter physical distancing rule will strictly be observed. Needs naman po natin doon sa IATF and DOTR guideline for a calibrated opening ho. So, 
uh, around 30% po noong usual na tumatakbo po sa particular route. Ang sinet naman natin sa ngayon na uh, maximum muna. So far, only 286 provincial buses will be allowed to resume operations this week. U.S. President Donald Trump paid no federal taxes in 10 of the past 15 years, according to a New York Times report. It also said Trump paid just $750 in federal income taxes the year he ran for president and in his first year at the White House. The Times cited tax return data it obtained extending over two decades. But Trump dismissed the story as fake news. You have people in the IRS, very, they treat me very, very badly. Well, first of all, I paid a lot, and I paid a lot of state income taxes, too. Uh, the New York State charges a lot, and I paid a lot of money in state. Uh, it'll all be revealed. It's going to come out. Thanks to our Trump, a billionaire real estate mogul, is the only U.S. president in modern times who has not made his tax filings public. U.S. Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden believes President Trump is using his Supreme Court pick to strike down the Affordable Care or make that Affordable Health Care Act. Last Saturday, Trump nominated Judge Amy Coney Barrett to fill the seat of late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Barrett's confirmation would result in a 6-3 conservative majority in the high court. The court is scheduled to hear oral arguments on the Affordable Care Act one week after the November election, giving Republican senators incentive to quickly move on Barrett's confirmation. It should come as no surprise that on Saturday, President Trump would nominate Judge Amy Coney Barrett and on Sunday lay out clearly what his objective is, to terminate Obamacare. The judge has, written, has a written track record, written track record of, of disagreeing adamantly with the Supreme Court's decisions on two occasions upholding the ACA. And I urge every senator to take a step back from the brink, take off the blinders of politics for just one critical moment, and stand up for the Constitution you swore to uphold. Democrats have little leverage to prevent a vote on Barrett before the election with Republicans controlling the U.S. Senate. A judge from Washington has temporarily blocked an order from the Trump administration that would have banned TikTok from being downloaded from U.S. app stores. The order was set to take effect Sunday, but District Judge Carl Nichols granted a preliminary injunction sought by TikTok owner ByteDance. That same owner was earlier, make that that same order, was earlier delayed by a week after Trump said the TikTok deal between Oracle and ByteDance has been approved in concept. A similar app store ban on Chinese-owned WeChat was also blocked by a judge in San Francisco last week. World powers calling for an end to hostilities after clashes broke out between Armenia and Azerbaijan just last weekend. Here's the full story. Armenia has declared martial law and a total military mobilization following clashes with neighboring Azerbaijan over the breakaway region of Nagorno-Karabakh. The incident has prompted calls from several world powers for an end to hostilities. 
amid fears of instability in the South Caucasus, which serves as a corridor for pipelines transporting oil and gas to world markets. Early in the morning, around 7 a.m., the Azerbaijani forces launched a large-scale aggression, including missile attacks. On Sunday, Armenia said Azerbaijan had carried out an air and artillery attack on Nagorno-Karabakh, but Azerbaijan said it had simply responded to Armenian shelling. There were reports of civilian casualties on both sides. Nagorno-Karabakh is a mainly ethnic Armenian region that is internationally recognized as a part of Azerbaijan. It declared independence in 1991 during the collapse of the Soviet Union, and the two countries have been at loggerheads ever since. Authorities inside Nagorno-Karabakh also declared martial law on Sunday and mobilized the male population. Armenia and Azerbaijan regularly accuse each other of attacks, and 200 people were killed when the conflict flared in 2016. On Sunday, Turkey said majority Christian Armenia should immediately cease hostilities against mainly Muslim Azerbaijan, while Russia's foreign ministry, a mediator in decades of conflict between the two sides, called for a ceasefire and talks. France said it was extremely concerned and urged an end to hostilities. In Paris, an entire industry normally working hard during the annual fashion season has been turned upside down due to the global crisis. Mourn this report. It will be a quiet Paris Fashion Week this year for model Tiffany Fournier, who's used to walking in five runway shows each season. She says it's a big change, explaining she's used to doing lots of shows during Fashion Week, but hasn't done a runway show since February. A whole chain of businesses normally working overtime at the peak of fashion season is being upended after the global crisis forced many luxury labels to cancel events. Even as some of the world's biggest brands tentatively return to the catwalk in Paris from next week, most designers are still abstaining from physical shows. It's a blow for makeup artists, lighting specialists and caterers alike. For a nine-day period from Monday, 85 brands are due to showcase women's wear looks as part of Paris Fashion Week, normally one of several fixtures estimated to generate over one billion US dollars in annual revenues for the city. Only 19 are hosting actual shows, with the richest and most emblematic French labels, such as Chanel and Christian Dior, among those pressing ahead with socially distanced front rows. Others are holding small presentations by appointment or streaming videos. Parties of over 300 people are a no-no and even smaller events are becoming complicated as the French government brings in fresh restrictions. But designers and brands alike are anxious to retain a link with their audience of professional buyers and media critics. Alexandre Matusi, creator of French brand Ami, says there are some upsides to limiting the numbers at shows. The audience will be, I feel, I hope, much more relaxed in a way and because you have the distanciation also with the one meter, you know, between everyone. And that's going to be kind of like a, yeah, like a, a very nice wedding. Ami is set to hold a show on October 3rd with under 150 guests rather than the usual 600 to 700. And that'll do it for today. Thanks for joining us. I'm Carmina Constantino. If you want to revisit today's episode, Dateline Philippines podcast is on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Play back the interviews, too, on ANC's YouTube channel. Keep safe, everyone, as you keep it here on the News Channel.